What are some realistic free agent options for the San Jose Sharks this upcoming offseason? We're going to dive into some players on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to the premiere hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. Uh, my name is J.D. Young, contributor to San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably a part of the Locked on Network, Network where we cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do is just come back on Monday um, as we continue to pump out five episodes a week. Plenty of draft profiles coming, some more. Kind uh, of continue to dig into some potential additions for the Sharks this offseason. Um, but today we're going, like I said, we're going to be looking at four free agents, uh, mostly in forwards, and one goalie who could be real legitimate, you know, considerations for for Mike Greer as he continues to try to retool the San Jose Sharks team. So before we get into um, into the first free agent, kind of set the table of where the Sharks kind of stand as they're going to be heading into free agency uh, here in less than a month, one month from today or less than a month yeah whatever uh time is hard do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nhl for 20 dollars off your first purchase all right as a nice little reminder of where the sharks kind of currently sit um heading into you know this off season how much cap space they have kind of the big free agents, all that fun stuff. Um, the main thing is, the the big kind of takeaway is they actually got a little bit of money to play with. Um, so they have currently have uh, $14 million in cap space um, with 17 players on their roster. Um, that includes Thomas Bortolo, or sorry, Bortolo not being on the roster, William Eklund currently being on the roster. But again, they're big free agents. They don't really have like any big ticket free agents that they need to sign either this off this off season or the following off season. Like the guys, the Sharks are. If you look into the twenty four twenty five season, the Sharks have some money to play with. Um, granted, they're fielding a team of nine players, but they're going to have some you know some money to play with. So you know, looking at this this off season for the Sharks. Like the, this feels like the first off season a little bit where they can kind of open up the purse strings a little bit. I don't expect that to be uh, my career just to go out and just, you know, blow, you know, just going to blow, blow all the, his budget here. But, you know, for the sharks, like the, the only kind of their biggest contract projected contract, uh, at least for their, their RFA guys is Fabian Zetterland. Who's going to projected to make from evolving hockey. He's projected to make a, uh, $1.65 million a season over the next two years. So basically, you know, that's their biggest contract that they're expected to give out. Um, so a little over $3 million for Fabian Zetterlin for the next two years. That that's, that's not too bad. Like the sharks are, you're starting to see 
you know, the 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 light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the cap crunch here for the, for San Jose. And if this this is projecting with the cap only going up a million dollars this year, and who knows what happens if we get to see an increase, but um, they're going to have some money to spend. And if they do want to spend some money, um, I kind of looked at, at three forwards and a goalie. There's still a pipe, or not a pipe, there's a, a kind of a log jam um, in the defense. You know, a lot of those guys are still, basically all their defenders are still under contract for out the foreseeable future. Um, so there's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be much spending unless Eric Carlson is, is gone. Um, but I think they're going to focus on trying to kind of revamp this forward group and continue to revamp this forward group. So um, looking for guys who can either kind of, hold down the fort now or at least be pieces that could continue you know to hopefully age a little well so um the first guy is one tyler bertuzzi so he um will be 28 at the start of next season um didn't have the greatest season for detroit slash uh boston in 50 games, only scored eight goals, 22 assists, had 107 shots on goal. Average time on ice was 16.29. Corsi four was 52.65 goals against. A goals four was 49.25. So, um, basically, when he was down the ice, uh, his team was out shooting the other team, but they were giving up uh, a slightly more goals than they were scoring goals. So, um, Bertuzzi again got traded at the trade deadline to Boston. Um, but the goals just weren't really there this year for Pertuzzi, and um, which is kind of interesting. Scoring eight, especially after the previous year, where he scored thirty goals. So the twenty-one twenty-two season, he had thirty goals, follows it up with eight this year. So I feel like this is a potential. I don't want to say buy low, um, but I don't think the, the Pertuzzi we saw last year is the Pertuzzi that we're kind of used to seeing. Um, Looking at his his kind of his, his stats from last year, 55 percentile uh, player, 68th percentile offense, 23 percentile uh, defensively, really, really is going to help your team's power play, which the Sharks power play could use some more bodies, um, you know, and don't expect anything from him on, on the penalty kill. That's fine. I, I, I feel like with Bertuzzi, you kind of know what you're getting. He's a he's going to be kind of a big bruising power forward type of guy. Um, that's really kind of feels like the fits the Mike Greer mo right. Um, last season, I think it was up and down. I think he kind of struggled with some injuries. But if you look at that 21-22 season, he was a 90th percentile player, um, 85 percentile offensively, 50th percentile defensively. His I think he was producing offense he just wasn't hitting the back of the net it's almost the noah gregor thing um but again he literally was the 30 goal scorer two years ago and i feel like the sharks could potentially be tapped you know could be a a great asset to the to sharks like especially if you want to play them kind of you know if you want to play them in your top six you could put them with um couture baraban opportunity that feels very fun to me you could put them you know kind of give Hurdle another running partner. Maybe you go a hurdle um Eklund Bertuzzi line, like kind of give some diversity. You know, you have two big guys in Bertuzzi and Hurdle, and then Eklund, you can kind of be a, a bit of a more playmaker there. So, you know, 
I know Bertuzzi has struggled with, with staying healthy at times. Um, you know, especially with coming, you know, in the past couple seasons, again, he only played 50 games last year. Um, the season before that, he played um, 68 games. He missed basically most of the 2020 season. He only played nine games in there. Um, you know, the most of my games he's played 73 in a season is 73. So he does feel like he does kind of deal deal with some injuries here and there. Um, and he has seen his ice time really kind of drop, you know, especially last year where, you know, previous years he was floating around 19 to almost 20 minutes. Last year he was at 16.30. So whatever it was with Detroit, you know, and, and then on Boston, of course, he was – with, with how stacked their top six was, you know, kind of more of a third line role for him on a very good team that lost in the first round. But um, I feel like he could be a potential, you add him to San Jose, kind of he's going to get earn a bunch of, of kind of power play one minutes. He's going to play top six minutes for the Sharks easily. And I think he could produce for San Jose and, you know, and kind of help, fill that Timo Meyer role a little bit as well. So um, contract. So he is the, out of all the guys I looked at, he's the most expensive. So um, evolving hockey has him uh, with a per they're predicting him to sign a four year deal at a little over five and a half million dollars uh, going into the, or go five and a half million dollars. So that, Again, if you're getting like 80% of Timo Meyer at half the pay, right? Type of situation. Um, again, I know he's 28. And that would, if you sign him to a four year deal that puts him to his age 32 season, like perfectly fine with that type of situation. Um, if you want to look at, so he's at 35% chance to score to sign a four year deal, 35% chance or 32%, excuse me, to sign a five year deal. That would push him up over the six million. That's a little. A little rich uh, for my blood. If you can sign him under six million dollars for four years, I feel like that's a nice, a nice kind of situation for the Sharks to be in, where they can add a player who can help them now, and that you have some talent as you start to kind of add some of these younger pieces like your Bordelos, your Eklunds, and not just asking these guys to go out there and, and do it all. So um, Bertuzzi at like a little over five and a half million for the next four years. Feel, feels like a, a solid deal for both parties. So um, before I look at some of the other guys, um, James Riemsdyke, who's older, Pius Suter, look at a potential goalie, do need to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at Game Time. If you are trying to score tickets for anything, maybe you're, uh, you've are you got all the money in the world and you want to go to an NBA Finals game or one of the NHL Finals games, you want to go to Vegas to watch uh, go Vamos Gatos and watch Vegas fans be sad, hopefully. Um, game time is the place where it's at because you can buy tickets to your favorite events and it's not stressful. They have fast and easy deals to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Um, my favorite thing is they have images of the seats, right? There's nothing worse than buying tickets and you get there and you realize you have terrible seats. Um, game time, every seat, every seat you can see where you're going to sit and see what your view is going to look like. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Um, you can get your tickets 
in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set and they get sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to go digging through your email, especially if you have like a bunch of emails, maybe you have that like kind of spam account email where you just sign up for things on that one. Um, you don't have to worry about trying to dig through that stuff. They send it directly to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay. Um, so, next guy on the list, um, a little bit older, but uh, I feel like this is one of those where you could kind of sign and just kind of play it by ear with him. So, uh, one James Van Reemsdyke. So he is a 34 year old. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get all my stuff together on YouTube. He's he'll be 34 next year. I know a little bit older there. Uh, last season in 61 games at 12 goals, 17 assists, 119 shots on goal. Average ice time was 1521. Uh, Corsi four. 50.79 was actually the best among qualifying flyers. He's still driving play. Um, goals for 52.31. So again, when James Van James Dyke was on the ice, he was still his team was outscoring the other team. Good things to see. That Flyers team, we know hot mess. Not that the Sharks have any room to talk about, but et cetera, et cetera. Um, his underlying numbers not. Not super pretty. So kind of around a ice time was around a second line forward, which is kind of where you want, I think, him to be on the Sharks. Um, 36th percentile overall player, 55th percentile offense, 17th percentile defensively. Um, did a lot of things expected goals wise, like he's producing. You're just not seeing the results like his goals of a replacement, um, both on even strength and on power play. Not kind of what you want to see, but he's doing positive things and just wasn't really getting rewarded for those uh, this season. So, no, this isn't just my my Flyers love of uh, James Van Riemsdyk and why, you know, I'm trying to get more ex-Flyers on the the on the Sharks. Um, but I feel like Van Riemsdyk is a solid gamble where if you sign him to a one-year deal, so his uh, projected contract is a one-year at $1.7 So basically, like, you're getting a guy who can be score, be under $2 million for you for, for a year. And it gives you a little bit of flexibility. So if he doesn't work out, cool. You're not locked in for long term. But I feel like there might be some gas left in the tank for Rand Reemsdyke, especially when it comes into the goal scoring department, right? Um, Roster scored 12 goals in 61 games. The year before that had 24 goals in 82 games. Uh, in the bubble season had 17 goals in 56 games. In the 1920 season, had 19 goals in 66 games. And then the year before that, 27 goals in 66. Like, Van Riemsdyk is going to be a 20-goal scorer for you um, if, if he comes in, especially and help your power play, which the Sharks power play again. Trying to add more bodies, more competent bodies on the, on the Sharks power play. So that way we're not, it's not power play one and then just a bunch of guys, other guys giving power play to some rest time, you know, other guys just kind of going out there. 
his shooting percentage was a tick down last year at, at basically 11%. Um, while the previous years he was at like 13%. So actually, sorry, it was, yeah, 10% last year. Sorry. And his, the previous years is around 13%. So a tick down there with the shooting percentage. So, uh, and he saw his ice time go down like again. Van Riemsdyk feels a very solid kind of second line guy. If you put like Van Riemsdyk, Kotor, Barabanov together, and you kind of let those guys run. If Van Riemsdyk has a good season, you can either A, resign him to another short term deal, B, flip him at the trade deadline and get yourself a nice little asset, maybe like a third or fourth round pick type of situation. Um, you know, just, and it's not going to cost you much, right? Worth a flyer. You spent basically right two years at two and a half million dollars for Oscar Lindblom. I feel like Van Der Reems like can he has a role. He's a shooter, and I think he can help the Sharks score more goals, which is what they they need to do is they need to score more goals. So um, another potential guy who again this not as much offensively, but I feel like he could just kind of help fill some more depth in that middle six for the Sharks. Um, and that is one uh, pious suitor. So uh, Mr. Suter last year. So he'd be 27 going into this season, played 79 games, had 14 goals, 10 assists, 106 shots on goal, average time on ice, 1404, Corsi for 46.23%. Um, and then goals for 45.59%. So what I like about Suter is he provides you with some, flexibility um because he can play center for for your team so you know last year right you you had lorenz who really kind of established himself as the fourth line center nico Sturm took over the third line center uh Lone couture played every game and hurdle basically played every game except for the two that he got suspended and the one where he missed with the um because of his kid's birth with Suter. Like, do we really expect Kotor and Hurdle to basically only miss three games next season combined? Not with what we've seen from them previously. So I think a guy like Piasudra gives you some flexibility if a Sturm, Kotor, a Hurdle goes down. He can come in and play center for you and it's not going to be like it's not going to be a train wreck type of situation. And then that doesn't even include Thomas Bordolo, who gives you another center option. That gives you six legitimate centers to, to kind of work with. Um, looking at his, his numbers, he's going to help you defensively, um, which again, we know the Sharks struggle on the defensive side, but he is a, um, I think he's a solid, he's a very good defensive forward. So he's uh, playing second line minutes for the Red Wings last year, 70th percentile, 40th percentile offensively, he did a really, again, kind of did a really good job of producing expected goals, um, just didn't give real goals situation. But 98th percentile defensively, and I think a forward like him can help out the Sharks' leaky defense a little bit. Um, he's going to play responsibly. And again, I think it gives you some flexibility. And then his cap, his potential sal uh, contract, 
So he is projected to sign a two-year deal at $2.237 million. So um, basically the like Luke Cunningham or Oscar Lindblom type of contract for a guy to come in and just give you some more flexibility um, with your roster, where if you do have an, it's some insulation, where if you do have an injury from Kotor, Sturm, or Hurdle, he can kind of slide into one of those, like into your second or third line, and you know, Couture, if Hurdle's out, Couture can play one C. If her if you know Couture's out, you could put Suter or Sturm at your two C, and it's not the end of the world type you know, type of situation. So um, and again, the contract at, at two point two million dollars or two point three million dollars for two years. If it works out, great. If not, it's it's you you he gives you plenty of flexibility to be. You know, what the worst is he's going to be a good defensive, a, a kind of a, a, a souped up Matt Nieto type of situation. So with center ability. So um, before we continue um, and look at the goalie option that I would uh, in Jonas Corposalo and why I think he is, Mike Greer should do whatever he can to try to sign him. Um, do want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Sharks your first listen Proudly a part of the Lockdown Network, where we cover your team every day. If you want to be an everydayer, all you got to do just come back on Monday. Um, so Monday, like I said, probably going to look at some more potential free agent additions um, or some more moves Mike Greer can make this offseason. We have plenty of draft coverage continuing with at least two draft profiles a week uh, leading up to the draft. So uh, plenty of stuff. So just make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. All right. So the last one is goalie. Um, Sharks need to add a goalie, right? You have Capo Kakinen under contract. Um, this uh, He's the only NHL goalie they have under contract um, this offseason uh, or going into next year. So, of course, James Reimer, free agent. He's not going to be back. They've already basically they've have said he's not going to be back. Um, other young guys in the system: Georgie Romanoff, who's going to be making his you know North American debut probably in the AHL. Magnus Krona, who hasn't played professional hockey yet, um, and then McAnemy and Strassman are both RFAs. I expect McAnemy back. I don't expect Strassman back uh, at the, at this point. So. Um, but Ito Makinemi hasn't proven that he can make it through an entire season, let alone prove that he is, you know, NHL caliber material right now. So I think they're going to go out and sign um, sign another guy who can help just help be stabilize the goaltending. And that is why I think it should be Jonas Corposalo. So um Corpusalo, he'll be 29 beginning of next year. He played 39 games last year, 914 save percentage, 287 goals against. Um, gave up 104 goals. Expected goals against was 116.74. Goals saved above expected 12.7. The Sharks haven't seen a goal saved above expected like, like that number in a long time. That was the 11th best in the league last year. Remember, he spent the majority of the season playing for Columbus. Columbus is terrible. Worse than the Sharks. We can say that. We can look at them and say that you guys are worse than us. So um, high danger save percentage of 722. 
played well for the Kings and, you know, um, as well, um, you know, his, his numbers definitely improved for LA, but like, even if you look at the split, right. 9-11 save percentage, 317 goals against average in, in 28 games for Columbus. 921-213 save percentage in the shutout um, in 11 games for the Kings in the regular season. Um, didn't have the greatest playoffs, um, you know, where weren't weren't the prettiest playoffs. But if you go back to his playoffs and in, in the uh the end in the bubble playoffs um, when Columbus, when he was with Columbus and then nine forty one save percentage and two, two shutouts Corpus Allo, And if you look at his fancy numbers here, he made his team look better. Um, especially at even strength. Usually the team in front of him was about, you know, kind of average, he made the team look way better. And that's what the Sharks need. They need a goalie who can make whatever mess is in front of him look better. And I think Corpusalo could be that guy for the Sharks. Um, I know what you're thinking. This is going to cost us a lot of money, isn't it? Um, no. No. Evolving Hockey has Corpusalo uh, projected at a two-year deal at 2.616. So a little bit more than what you're playing, paying Capo Kakinen, um type of situation. I'm very much in the do not sign goalies for more than like two or three seasons uh, because we've seen goalies turn into pumpkins very quickly, right? Um, just Martin Jones, you know, even going <laughs> the Capo Kakinen 11 game sample size to what we saw last year. James Reimer's first season compared to his second season. But I think, I think Corpus Allo could be a, a goalie that you can bet on for the next couple seasons while you still try to figure out what's going on with your E2 Makanemis, your uh, Magnus Kronas, whomever else you, you're drafting and developing. I would make him my first priority because uh, I feel like that that has been the Sharks bugaboo, right? It's been the goaltending situation. And I know the team in front of him has not been good, but the Sharks, again, their goals saved above expected last year. Um, James Reimer was Kapokakinen was the second worst at minus 24.6. So Kapokakinen gave up 24 goals, more goals than you'd expect. And James Reimer gave up 11 more goals than you expected. That that's a combination uh, doing my math here. That's, you know, almost 24 plus 11. That's 35 goals more than the Sharks should, than an average goaltender would have given up. 35 goals. That That's basically almost half a goal per game that the Sharks are just giving up type of situation. Um, and the Sharks were, I mean, you guys watch the Sharks. They were very competitive in a lot of games last year. If they could figure out the goaltending, that would go a long way for this team to just be more competent. And I think Corpusalo could be that guy for the Sharks, especially if he played well for Columbus last year. It can't be anywhere. And the Columbus, look at their the goal. Look at some of the defensemen. They had a guy named Billy Sweezy or Sweeney or something. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so 
they were running out just dudes out there that anybody with a warm body that they could play defense. And I know the Sharks defense isn't the greatest out there, but at least like Vlasic looked solid last year. You know, Matt Benny looked good. Like they're, they have some guys who look like NHL caliber defensemen. Um, so if you second year under David Quinn, you fix the goaltending, like you can kind of start to squint and see how things could look a lot better for the Sharks. So, um, if I had to rank them, like I said, Corpusello would be the number one out of all these guys of who I would I would my top priority to try to sign uh, would be with Cor- Corpusello. Um, Bertuzzi, again, I think especially if you can get him that four year under six million dollar range, I think he can be a a, a very a poor man's Timo Meyer at least and, and help produce or help kind of provide some goal scoring um, among the top six for the Sharks that, that they need, especially after Timo Meyer left. So, um, and then the other guys, I feel like they're, they're worthy flyers, right? James Randreams like, isn't the sexiest name, um, but at a, a contract under $2 million, he could provide some more depth scoring and then potentially be an asset at the trade deadline. And then uh, PS Sutter, I, I think he gives just the Sharks more flexibility and in insulation in case, something happens, you know, to Sturm, to Couture, to Hurdle. It just allows a little bit more insulation among there where he can slide into center um, to help out those guys. Or if you want to play him at center and then put Nico Sturm on the wing, like it just gives you a little bit more flexibility with, with your roster. So um, that's going to be it for me today. Let me know what you guys think uh, of, of the signings, if you think potential signings. Um, Evolving hockey's cap, their contracts are usually projections are usually usually pretty good. Um, so that's why I like to use them. So um yeah, if 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 Corpusalo had under three million dollars for two years, sign me up. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. So um hopefully, hopefully. Uh, hopefully none of the other GMs have uh, evolving hockey subscriptions. I don't know. Anyway, um, so be back on Monday. Like I said, probably going to look at some other potential guys. Um, maybe some Dan Vildard. We'll see if he might be looking at worth trying to acquire from the Flames. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll figure it out. We got plenty of, of fun draft profiles. If you missed some of the ones we did this week, um, looked at a bunch of the goalies. Plenty of good stuff. Did a mock draft this week. Plenty of good stuff for you over at Locked on Sharks. So make sure you guys are uh, following along on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my Fryhole. Uh, find the show wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Until tomorrow, until Monday, sorry. Bye, friends.